Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 180. My thanks, as always, to Tea Leaf Tea, La Petit Chocolat, and Yeasty Boys. I had a conversation here with someone I had never met before. Uh, it's a local comedian, Jerome Chandrahassan. He ha- is... Uh, a working comic, he does the does the yards. He regularly um, MCs open mic nights. He turns up to perform. Um, he's been a Raw Talent Quest winner in comedy. He has uh, done the work and continues to do the work. But he's been very involved in um, in kind of changing and helping uh, firm up the Wellington comedy scene. He talks about um, hosting an open mic night for something like 500 Mondays in a row, just turning up every week and doing the work, whether you want to or not. Um, and so I was interested to talk to him for that, and also because last year at Lit Crawl, I saw him deliver uh, an amazing performance, and we, we eventually get to talking about this in our conversation. Um, he was at a uh, you know in a, one of the events curated by Chris Teese, where he had to... Um, perform a eulogy to uh, a character from a book and he chose Harry McCleary and he wove stories of being a father and telling these kids stories to children as as you do when you're a parent into this amazing monologue um, unpacking the Harry McCleary story and it was um, it was funny and moving and clever and uh, ever since then I'd wanted to connect with him and have a chat with him um, so we have a big old comedy chat and we talk a lot about music and mental health and performing and uh, I thought for two people that had never met at all um, this was a great a great chat to have um, so I've got some links that you can check out his work but enjoy this this is us having a, a chat together about all things comedy and and performing so yeah I mean I I invited you around here and I don't know you and I'm but I know a little bit about what you do and I guess I want to get to know who you are and what you do um, maybe we should start with um, where you grew up and how long you've been in, are you a Wellingtonian? yeah Wellingtonian for, well the hut yeah um for forever, almost. Yes, the so, hut. so yeah, you yeah, grew up on Western Hills. Went to primary school in Nine Eye. Everyone who comes from the hut, they go Wellingtonian, and then they go where the hut. Well, yeah, the yeah. hut. Well, Wellington. <laughs> yeah, people recognise Wellington. But, yeah. Um, when you're in Wellington, you just specify. Mm. Um, and I think it's yeah. There's, there's a bit of pride about the hut too, as well. Mm. I think mm. when you're when you're the slightly smaller city, you still you, you do kind of um. You suffer mm. all the bogan gags and yeah, a little barbs bit, a, a little, little bit, so you, um, you want to own them on you some own level. It, own it as well. Mm. I, was ch- I was chatting to Michelle Court about it. We we did a gig in the Vin. She's from she's from the Vin, right? And she said, um, you know, you can make fun of the hut, and hut people will will take it because we're big enough. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you make fun of someone live in, they're too small. They haven't yeah. got enough going on. Yeah, they, they can't. They can't it. fight it. They can't fight it. Whereas yeah. the hut's like, nah, it's fine. So, and yeah. Levin is terrible. Like I remember. Really, yeah. I remember oh, reading. Uh, I've written about Levin a couple of times because I used to play gigs there a lot in the yeah. Irish band. And um, I remember. I think it was like way back in like nineteen ninety eight or something. The list that mm. voted at the most boring town in yeah, New really Zealand, and it's. Sad, and I don't like, think it's improved. Uh, we did a gig at Levin Little Theatre, which is a great, yeah. beautiful little space. Like yeah. it's like it's. It's got the, the furniture from the 70s and they've just left it like yeah. that. It's like looking into a museum. Um, and it was the place where Michelle had done her first gig as, yeah. a, as a six-year-old. Wow. Going on stage. Wow. And some of the staff are still the same. 
as they were. Had she been, I presume she'd played there again since then, right? Uh, but probably not lots. Oh, I don't think she had. Wow. I don't think she had played it lots. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So that was quite weird going to that space. Mm. And then, yeah. Mm. Seeing the people from the town come out. Mm. And there's not much else going on, eh? Like, it's, mm. you know, that those, it's one of those places where the young people have to leave. Once you yeah. get to like 13, yeah. 14, you start getting annoyed, and then 16, you've got to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was happening for you in the hut? What were you doing? Uh, I mean, it was just, yeah, primary school in the hut, high school in the hut, and then um, just went to, went to, went to Vic Uni. So, that's a, sort of like the, the classic kind of mm. classic kind of route mm. um, that you do. Mm. I didn't really know what I wanted to get into. So, I think first year at uni, I was doing just all sciences, just mm. maths and chemistry and physics. And then, um, uh, and then September 11 happened, and I went, oh. and uh, I, 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 um, I switched and started doing politics. And so I did a, did, a, did a joint degree. Um, because did, of did that? A, degree. Like, yeah. a little bit, a little bit. I think they kind of piqued my interest a little bit in, mm. in what was happen- happening out in the world. Mm. And so I did a, did a summer paper on world politics um, that year, and then, and then I picked up a, P, a, a BA in, um, in my second year. Mm. So, yeah, it was like, at first it was very, pretty dull, man. Like mm. when you're just doing sciences and you're just hanging out with other maths and science people, it was just constant assignments every week, mm. and 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 sort of not much else. I really got into sort of speaking was was sort of like like public speaking was at high school. Um, we had sort of debate. debating. Yeah, got, got yeah. ripped into that. And um, went to St Bernard's, which is a very small um, school, and so there weren't maybe the opportunities that other schools had around like drama or theatre. But I was I was never really interested in that anyway. Um, but there was debating, and, and um, so you got. I got used to just standing up and and talking, standing up and talking in front of people, or having a particular topic and trying to find angles on it. And with like rebuttals, you're getting used to um, thinking on the spot, or yeah. um, or having a being able to respond quickly to stuff. And so, well, I didn't realize it. I, I was getting really accustomed to being in front of people. Mm. Talking and 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 talking off the cuff as well. When you say get you got you got into it, got used to it. Do you remember the first time and was it hell? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do, I do remember. So the first, you bombed the first or whatever. Like, hey, or, we didn't. You know, I wouldn't say we bombed, but we yeah. didn't. Uh, we we certainly lost the debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like three. We were just three guys, and we're up against St. Orange for the year. In girls' schools, very well researched and well crafted arguments, yeah. and I was sitting there with like rolling over sheets of paper, trying to remember what I had to say, and so it was very sort of stumbly and um, uh, re- really sort of off the off the um, on the script. Yeah. Um. And and but it was still it was still fun. It was like yeah. a, it was like yeah. an activity. Yeah. It was it was it was you know it was after school. You're in someone else's. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're in a girls' school. Yeah. In the yeah. library. Well, this is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, it's funny yeah. because I did, um, yeah, I did debating in my final year of high school, and yeah. I that was not that was really new to me that sort of shit. Like I went right through school, like a fairly confident person, I suppose, but but not good at public speaking. I right. could not handle it, and um, I think like in my sixth form year, I did a speech, and it was. Almost, dare I say it, it was almost like a comedy routine. It was basically a, a, a shaggy dog story with yeah. some gags. Um, and I obviously felt quite good about it, so I got up and mm. did it, and it went well, and it was received well, and next thing I was a public speaker. It just sort of, <laughs> but, but prior to that, I was like a nervous wreck. 
Yeah. I would look at cards and I couldn't look up at the, mm. you know, the, the classroom and I would yeah, yeah. have the sweats and all those sorts of feelings. And just overnight it changed. And so then in my final year of school, I did the debating team. I was in the one of the debating teams and I really got into it. Like, mm. But yeah, so I just wondered if you had a, you know, the first time is nerve wracking and then you, kind of, then you kind of crack it. But it was also like a very easy way to get into public speaking because mm. debating very low profile. You're not calling. You're not calling. And you're a team though, eh? But there's something about yeah, yeah, that support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you got people. You're, you're there with. Yeah. If you bomb, experience. if you bomb, you will bomb. The team bomb. bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're share, never really you performing it. in front of more than ten yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If ten people was a big audience. Yes. Yeah. It, it would just be like maybe the teacher, maybe a couple other students. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Educator, the other team. That's it in the library. So it's it's a very good entry level. Some of the people watching, into, yeah. yeah. Some of the people watching wish they could be as good as you, as <laughs> confident. So they're they're on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. So they're very soft, but it's still, it's still, um, it's still competitive. Like it's still, mm. you, there's still a point to your speech. Yeah, you're you learn and you're yeah. learning on the yeah, yeah, yeah. on the job on the in, and you've got the you've role. got this tight six, so much like comedy now. The more mm. I think about it, mm. you've only got six minutes, and you have to get the points across the same way like in stand up. You've only got six minutes when you're starting out. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to have that gag. Every twenty seconds. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 that kind Hit of constraint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. constraint's really useful. Mm. Um, I guess like like most art, eh? Like you 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 got to put some constraints on it in order to um in order to, to force you to create mm. something worthwhile. Mm, Otherwise, mm. you just end up rambling on. Mm, mm. Um, so debating was yeah. So it was quite a, a formative. I yeah. guess an antecedent to what you're doing now. Yeah, though I, I, I never, I never but, really realised yeah. it until until much later. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We did, we did get up and stand and perform regularly for, so, for a few years. So when does comedy come into your life? Are you an avid follower of it as a kid or as a teenager? I don't or think so. I don't not think even. I, was. I don't think I was. I think I, uh, we used to watch. Um, it was called Live at Jonglers. It was like mm. a, um, a mm. yeah. Rick Wakeman from. The band, yes, hosted it. <laughs> yeah, he was a prog musician. Oh, okay. With a big, like, Technicolor dream coat kind of... He was the host of it. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think I might remember that. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing one comic, Milton Jones, and he was just deadpan, surrealist, one-liners. He would come on with a, with a crazy cardigan and really mushed up here, mm. and he would just sort of stare, um, stare straight down uh, at the audience... And deliver these these like really exquisite, like tightly crafted, mm. every word had a purpose, one liner jokes. Uh, oh, Stephen really Wright, Mitch Hedberg kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's like in that, that vein. Like, yeah, 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 in yeah. That, in that similar vein. Mm. Um, so yeah, when I started out, that was the sort of comedy I really liked. Was that um, that really tight like set up punchline. Mm. Okay, next one, set up punchline, and because you you're getting that laugh like straight away, and you know you know when they're gonna laugh. Mm. I know as soon as I said that word, laugh. It was like a um, got a really tight routine happening, but yeah. So I used to, used to watch that. Um, mm. They would play like late night on TV. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to watch that a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I uh, then never really, never really thought about it much, because I said you know did the, yeah. to the to the maths and the sciences and stuff, and then go on to go on to politics and did, did that sort of BA. But at the same time, um, I went to high school with James Nkise. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was um he was killing it right now, and has been for for many years mm. and. Uh, there was the drama club at Vic Uni, uh, which was um, I think Ben Hurley was in it at that stage, and he was Ben was running the Wellington Comedy Club um, at San Fran at mm. Indigo mm. um, every Thursday, 
and Nikisa was doing it and he told me to come along and I used to come along and watch some of his shows and then after a couple of years he said oh you should just give it a go so I think about it and then he rang me up and said right, I signed you up and it's on this Thursday and you wow. gotta turn up yeah. so it was like I had two weeks I was like okay so wrote some jokes and first gig went well and second gig went, went, went well and then third gig I bombed and I didn't go back for a wee while and then after a few months went back and then next thing you know you can't stop and you just mm. keep turning up mm. <laughs> you just gotta you just gotta keep turning up but that was yeah, there was just that one gig in Wellington back then so that was like Hurley was around Steve Wrigley Nikise, um, Mrs. Peacock, mm-hmm. um, so, so I've known Jared and Dave for quite a while, and, um, and Corey, Corey can ask me yeah, yeah. So those, those are the, those are the, so like the, the, the regulars. All, pretty much all still doing it in some way or other, eh? Yeah, pretty much. That, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah actually. Names. Yeah, that, that big group, yeah. 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 Regulars, um, yeah. so how long have you been... Doing it for now, like that's well, over ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my first gig was in two thousand and three. Yeah, but I did like five gigs in two thousand and three. Yeah, so I probably only really started. You know, I'd say oh four. So it's like fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, off and on, like yeah, never really wasn't full time for a very long time. It was just like a fun hobby that yeah. I used to do. Um, but just the past sort of four or five years, um, haven't done anything else. So you're surviving full time, yeah, in comedy and speaking. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. It's amazing. I'm is it? Wake is up it like, how do I get away with this? Is that frightening at all, um, or is it just great? Is it? It's, it's been great. Frightening. It's frightening it's, when the work it's, doesn't it's, come much like It's frightening when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing next mm, year, mm. but I like I know what I'm doing for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just wake up and go, I can't believe I've got away with this. This is. Like, you know, you've got friends who, 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 you know, some of them have been in full-time employment offices for, yeah. you know, 15 years now, and they hate it, and they don't like it, but there's nothing else they can do. And they have to wake up every morning and go to that. Yeah. Go to something they don't like doing. Mm. I, yeah, so, but I've been very, very lucky. Like, it's been so many things had to go right mm. that I didn't have any control over in order for me to, to, to get to where I am. So but, you can never be too, I mean, you know, I'm proud of what I've, what I've built and yeah. stuff. But I'm also like, this could easily not have worked. Well, you say you've been very lucky, but some wag at some point said, the the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've obviously put the time in. Yeah, yeah, I have. But I'm, I'm also conscious too, like, other people have put in lots of time and things haven't worked out. Sure. And I'm, I don't want to get too down on myself, but sometimes I start to think, like, the amount you... Like your effort and your work is is never it's not really tied to how much money you make. There mm-hmm. are people who are making quite a lot of money with very little effort, and then there are other times when you can work really really hard and just get no return. I think it comes down to oh, you, you don't you don't actually need to spell that out to me. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. very familiar with that with regard to what I do. <laughs> but by all means, have a go. <laughs> you know. Like. But yeah, like I had to change. Like in order to, to, to survive in comedy and to do it in Wellington, mm. I had to change some structures. I couldn't just keep performing and doing gigs the way that they were being run. I had to go on and change change the gigs, change how mm-hmm. they were being run, change where the money was coming from and who it was going to. Um, and I think, yeah, when I think about the past 10 years, that's that's what I've had to do. Mm. And that's been difficult. And I've yeah, faced maybe some pushback on that. 
but um, we're slowly sort of working on it now. Go into that a little bit more. I mean, I, 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 one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was was exactly that, knowing that you've been very hands-on and organising events and emceeing and um, yeah. at a time when, you know, you've come up in this wave of comedy when, you know, the names that you named earlier... Mm. Some of them were not ha- have gone on to be very big things, very big. Yeah, yeah. and and all are still practicing in some way or other. Um, but around then, I'm thinking like sort of the early two thousands. New Zealand comedy was still pretty cringe for a lot of people, um, mm. Mm. and probably for some of the comedians too. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. real hit and miss. But now we're at a, we're at this. Well, do you call it a golden age? I suppose the comedians yeah, do. Of. It yeah, kind yeah. of is, right? Yeah, like we're at this golden age where it's it's robust, mm. more so than it's really ever been. I guess the only other time might have been the very early eighties when there was the, you know, yeah. TV the the established names, Just starting your, to come your up. Billy T's, yeah, yeah, Top yeah. Twins, Lynn of Tawa, so been, yeah. but they were the TV gig comedians. Mm. There was mm. no real. No sort of live, clubs live, club, scene. club scene, yeah, yeah. Live circuit. So like in Auckland, yeah. like what Scott Blanks has built with yes. the classic is, I don't think there's any other country in the world where one person has had such a positive <laughs> yes. influence on yeah. the comedy community the way yeah. that Scott has with the classic. Yeah. Um, just having that regular gig, mm. regular every week, providing same format the space. and providing yeah. that space and that sort of you get incrementally better mm. the same way that I had with, with um, you know, doing debating at high school. Mm. without realising it I was going up every almost every week and talking in front of a small audience and doing it over and over again I'm Scott Sonnet with a classic but yeah like when I think about the people I started with, or who were around when I started like Hurley now on you know seven days got the two houses <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like doing really well mm. um, and, and Corey being on what we do with the shadow what we do in the shadows um, mm. and, and, and Nikise is um, um, James Nikise like his his solo shows are some like some of the best best hours in the country and he's doing really well in Edinburgh and, and making a career out of it and all those people they came up yeah before before seven days was happening mm. before there was regular events in Wellington um, where everyone was just everything was just struggling like the struggle street like you turn up to the uh, when doing a gig at, at San Fran and Dihemid was headlining and it sold out 150 people and I did you know opened the 10 minutes went well and then afterwards, oh, here's your 40 bucks. Mm. And you go, okay, all right, I'm going to have to spend 25 of this uh, on my transport back home because <laughs> i got to get back out yeah. to the hut. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> like the bus is like not running, so I'd have to I'd leave the gig with finish around like 10.30 or 11 o'clock because I've always finished, always started late and it finished late. Yeah. And I have to run to the train station, catch the 11.05, or if not, catch the five past midnight. And then but, get, get to Waterloo and catch a taxi home, and I've spent thirty bucks getting home. <laughs> but you're also, I'm guessing, probably still pretty stoked about that forty. Bucks. Oh yeah, like, like it was that's awesome. useful because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the alternative is going and doing that anyway <laughs> and paying yeah. for it all yourself. <laughs> yeah, the you know that kind of because you know I know from playing, especially playing original music, which I haven't done a whole lot, but mm. and, and covers bands from doing that. It's it's a very it is a very similar thing at that level. The kind yeah. of and you're schlepping your gear, and you turn up, you know, I remember... You had the hassle of carrying instruments. Ugh. I remember getting, you know, like, when I started regularly getting $150 for playing yeah. in a band, reg- like, every Saturday night, I had friends who were students going, fuck, that's great, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah it is, but 
I pack the car at lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, I uh. drive out to Upper Hart. I play at the palatial soccer club rooms yeah, in yeah. Upper Hart. You know, you the majestic. I break a set of drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Someone falls into my drum and breaks the skin. I then drive home. You know, yeah. I buy food on the way because they don't. They decide that night not to feed the musicians. Mm, and I'm not yeah. clearing a whole lot out of my 150. No, plus, no. I've spent roughly 10 hours. Yeah, but yes, I'm still stoked. Like, mm, yes, I'm still yeah. like, fuck, that's amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that's. You know, I know what that is. <laughs> and I've, I've reached that. I reached that point a couple of years ago now. I mean, I still do a lot of things for free. Far too many things for mm, free, and, mm. and we all do when we're involved. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. My parents ask me what I'm getting paid for things. I just say four grand. That's just a flat fee because yeah. they, they kind of believe it. Yeah. You know, oh, you were reading some poems at the thing. What do you get paid for that four grand? Wow, that's good. <laughs> but they almost kind of believe it. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, no, seriously, did you get, yeah, four grand. I just, four grand is the flat fee. I got just flattens them up, eh? It just, it just fixes that because it's, the alternative is, oh, no, the, I'm not getting anything for this. This is why would you get paid to do this? This is an open mic thing. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. And they just, oh, you're like, a mug. What the? Oh, you're a mug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for years after I started doing comedy, my dad, people would like, my dad was, we talk on the phone to the relatives, what's Jerome up to? Oh, he's, uh, he's studying. I was always, uh, oh, he's, 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 he's studying. It's, it's what he's up to. He's, he's a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just, just involved, just, uh, yeah, still, still studying. He likes it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But those, yeah, getting those forty bucks, and then, and then, uh, yeah, that, that long ride home. So if you had a good gig, that that was that felt great. But if you had a bad gig, and then it, yeah, it takes like an hour and a half to get home. Like, well, feel, also I was thinking, like crap. is there that was there that temptation to just put the forty bucks on the bar too? Fuck, oh, I there's a great bit of that, eh? bit of that too. Like yeah. you know, which is again is not much. Mm. It's a couple of drinks, but a drinks, but. You would do that, right? Because well, you there's an adrenaline that needs to be um, a little bit, yeah, yeah, fueled yeah. and, and controlled. Also, because I because I knew I was having to go all the way back out. Mm. I never really, I never really sort of hung around afterwards. Much. Okay, yeah. So I, I kind of you had the long, you had the long, yeah, had long, long commute compared to schlep, um, yeah. back home. So I think I probably missed out on quite a few opportunities by. Yeah, because there's like, a, by not a schmooze element that's very important. Yeah, right? yeah. We, I mean, we we wouldn't even call it schmoozing back yeah, then because yeah. there was no one to schmooze up to. No, <laughs> Everyone no. was in the same position of having no money. But like, you know, it's like Corey um, going on what we do with the shadows and, and, and these guys getting involved in the in, in the filming and stuff. Mm. And I, I was never a part of it because I was always sort of um, uh, I always sort of headed back home. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah. Just doing that, man. I used to do that week every Thursday. I was at the ones. I was at the club every Thursday for like years. Um, I was quite lucky because I I had saved up some money during like high school. I had, I had a paper run for years and years and years. And so by the time I got to university, where other friends would have had to go and work part time jobs, or they're working in the evenings, or they'd have to you know working two jobs or whatever. I I didn't have that, so I had that great period at university of just being able to like study. And then muck about, mm. like mm. be involved in. I was involved in like two failed bands, um, did the debating, um, just you know go to a few clubs evenings. Mm. And I don't even know whether that culture sort of exists anymore. Like with everyone, mm. uh, everyone just so tied to study, get a job, get out. It's funny though. You're saying like every Thursday night turning up. You know, mm. it's funny that, that. So there's this job 
mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Around yeah. it, you're talking about people like you, 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 you mostly loved it, wanted to do it, but mm. there must have been nights where it's like, oh, not tonight, but you do it. I definitely have that attitude now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess it's something I would have slowly, slowly built up, built up yeah. over, over over time, of um of no matter how I'm feeling or what's happened during a day, you turn up and you do the gig. Because um, those people could have, they could, they could go anywhere else. And you would have a, now, you, I imagine you would have the equivalent of a match fitness. Like you can get through a gig, you can do it. You might not be feeling that great, feeling that or great. or you might health wise, or you might not even be. You know, you're not yeah. delivering. You're not hitting it, or the audience is. Yeah, or someone's not connecting. Yeah, and, some, um, but and you know, you can get through it. I can get through it, and I can, and I can bounce back from bad gigs a lot faster. Yeah, um, and do you still have them? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, if you're trying that new stuff, mm. from trying out trying new gear, or sometimes, sometimes the sound's not working right, or sometimes everyone's just tired, mm. and and it just happens. But I know that on average, I'm gonna have a good gig. Mm. But the, the the bad ones are always still there. If you're not having bad gigs, that means you're not taking enough risks. Um, if you're not having bad gigs, you're not yeah. having good gigs. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, or great yeah. gigs. Yeah. If, if I ever get complacent, I'm like, oh, I need to try some new stuff and have a have a fail, because um, otherwise I'm just coasting. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. You always got to have that element of sort of growth in the back of my mind. Like your ability to create material is more important than the material you've created. So I have to keep on mm. um, making stuff. Now we have we're having a. A, a relatively serious conversation about it, which is good. Um, I always feel sorry for comedians when I guess it's the kind of ZM, FM kind of styled interview where they're like, tell us your best joke, you're a funny oh, man. But, but I was yeah, going to say... You material from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you, but you've also come up in an age where comedians are sort of required to be on more than they've ever been with regards to say twitter social media um yeah or not that's how i sort of see right do you think yeah i think so i think people have more sort of a public yeah um a public uh appearance um and that's gotta be i love yeah i love twitter on twitter all the time but that's gotta be great for business obviously everything from trying out a line kind of date stamp a, date stamping yeah, your material yeah. it's, yeah. Like, it's hey, mine because I, I did that yeah 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 um, but then but there's an expectation the expectation <laughs> that, that yeah that you're going to be on I, I generally leave right after a gig like I don't like an audience mm. I just can't chat to them afterwards I like you've already seen me you're spent <laughs> and, and yeah 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 but in the, and also like they've seen like a vision of me yeah um, like a you don't want to let them there. down you don't want to let them down I don't want to get off and just be like I'm done, mate. I've got nothing, yeah. nothing funny to say to you. But, um, yeah, because I'm kind of like on Twitter. I love being on Twitter. I do puns and jokes and I have, you know, yeah. banter with my mates and it's good yeah. fun. Yeah. But I've never really used it as like a marketing tool. Well, you are um, in a... I am. In without, a gorilla kind of way. It, not doing yeah, it deliberately. Yeah. I'm yeah. just doing it because it's fun. But then I yeah. have, you know... The right, oh, but by virtue of yeah. who you are and what you do, yeah, 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 it's yeah, part yeah. of your brand. Yeah, yeah. And people have got in touch via Twitter. Like, that's why I got on reading. Um, mm. NZ, like I wrote an article... Um, earlier in the year about tooting in the, in the Mount Vic Tunnel which is based off one of the producers yeah. caught up with me on Twitter and, and suggested I write this thing um, yeah so there's that and then there's the people pushing their you know, Facebook posts and mm. that kind of profile mm. I, I've never really pursued it much I just like almost like being not underground but fame adjacent well yeah and also I guess being caught in the wind tunnel of noise 
can be quite tricky for um, doing the work. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, like for myself, I find that. Like I'm big on Facebook, social media in mm. general, but Facebook's been my main platform. And there's a certain expectation now, well, I think there's a certain expectation that I will generate content directly for Facebook. Mm. But when I'm doing that, it's a version of some of the work I'm doing and it's to promote some of the work, but it's also stopping me from doing the actual work. From actually work. doing the actual yeah. work. Yeah. If yeah. you're spending too much time just on yeah. about on Twitter, I'm like, okay, I should just yeah. chuck some stuff into a notebook. I need to test this out in front of an, like an actual live audience. Um, yeah. And I don't know a whole lot about your comedy. I haven't watched you very often at all, mm. I don't think. Um, but what I get from some clips I've seen and from one performance that I'll talk about a bit more in, in particular is that you strike me as a very, and you've sort of hinted at this, you strike me as a very writerly comic. comic. You're interested in the writing uh, or not. Gee, oh, that's, that's, it's funny because I, I, I would very rarely write anything down word for word. I yeah, but that's write an idea. But that's still, a, you know, delivery is writing and comedy. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, what I'm getting at is you're interested in words and ordering them correctly. And yes. there's an efficiency yeah. about what you're trying... I mean, you've hinted at that before about hitting marks, getting getting jokes in on time and stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like you are conscious of placement of words. Some some comics will get up and by virtue of their large personality, they are funny in the way that a person you're having a beer with is funny and they manage to make that work on a stage. Right. Or, or they're physical. Or, you know, look someone like okay. Chris Farley. And then yeah. there are people that are a bit more, yeah, writing-based. I think I definitely started out very writing-based, like really, yeah. really tightly crafted. And that was from, yeah, that's from Milton Jones. That was from... I've only got six minutes. I, I spoke to tell. It was a six minute set that was 18 to 21 one liners. Mm. And, I, and I would have them all in an order and I just go out and I just recite them and I'd get that 18, 21 laughs. Um, but then I'm sl- I've sort of, over the years, I've sort of have changed into more loosely structured ideas. I can still write a tight gag, but I'm, I, I think I rely more on, more on a bit of banter with the mm-hmm. audience. And I think that's happened because of the environment that I'm working in. When you're running a lot of gigs, you're often having to MC, or um, when we first started out, um, it was me and TJ, TJ McDonald, um, we were just running the Monday nights, and this is going back 10 years ago, and we were struggling to find comics, and we were struggling to find audiences, and so both me and TJ would have to, we have what we called the emergency five, when like, the gig was tanking, mm. one of us would look at each other, you want to do it? Okay. And we'd go up, and we'd give ourselves like five minutes to turn the room around. Yeah, yeah. And in order to do that, it was a lot A captain's of, knock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. But we'd have to go out, and it was just audience interaction, and it was like, quick, we're going to come up with something mm. in this five minutes to, to, to save this gig. Mm. And we had, to do that, we had to do that for like months, because it took a really long time for for the gigs to start, um, to start, sort of, start sort of churning over again. And so when you start getting to emceeing, it's it's more banter. It's more loosely structured. It's more it is more like personality based mm, rather than like mm. tight. So I think lately I've been wanting to go back to to like writing solid pieces. Mm. Um, because a fun a gig is a fun gig is fun, but having a nice a, a nice story or experience um, that I can recreate over and over again um, that sort of means more to me. Like mm. I've, I've got like a gig I wrote like five years ago, and I'll still pull it out every now and then. It's a nice five minute bit. 
I'm so proud of it. <laughs> like, like, one of your greatest I tapes. I created this thing. I created this thing. <laughs> that single. <laughs> the Shrewsbury story. Yeah. And people are like, oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I do need to, I think I do need to go back to, to being a bit more writerly because I, uh, uh, I can coast on just, on bluster. Yeah. Where are you from? What's your job? Within a minute, I'll get a laugh. That's not me showing off. It's just I, I had to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. To, had, to, had to get myself to that point where I could go off and do that. Yeah. Um, because oh, we were performing to small audiences for so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, ten years ago, man. Fringe bar, corner of Q Street and Vivian. Yeah. And um, audiences must have got. Uh, what's the word? Smarter, hip, more, more hip to comedy. Like I'm thinking. There's more options, more more chances for people to go and mm. see it, and then everyone's got Netflix, and so yeah. even though the specials are hit and miss, they keep arriving. They so keep people arriving, people yeah. watch them. It's an easy hour to waste. You can sit on your phone and look at your Twitter, mm. and you don't have to watch. So people are absorbing comedy a lot a at lot a higher more. rate, yeah, 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 than they perhaps were. So are you finding that directly in your audiences that people are a bit more yeah, there are some now. Now, yeah. with, the, with the regular regularity of, of live gigs that are happening in Wellington over the past few years, there are like quite sort of comedy. I don't want to say comedy knowledgeable, but mm. yeah, comedy experienced audiences. Because um, I'm very, uh, I'm very, I'm very fair weather fan of the comedy experience now because I spent years reviewing it, and mm. I used to turn up to shows with. A, not a target on my back, but nearly. Yeah, you did, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I did. think I yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I, I go to like one comedy festival event a year. Yeah. And I, I want to go to something and enjoy it. Yeah. But I've noticed, so in that, because I'm not turning up regularly. Mm. But yeah, no, I did, <laughs> I did go through Yeah, that. you're the boogeyman for a while. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but was, all, I mean, that's blown over. Like it's, I think so. Know, yeah, people yeah. move on. It's all, yeah, yeah it's all it wasn't good. something that was, you know, I was trying to have happen, but yeah, yeah but, that mm, happened. Mm, no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so audiences, yeah, audiences have changed. Performers have definitely changed. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's greater variety. Diversity. Mm. Um now and I think I think it's it's because yeah the environment has changed and it's attracted um, it's attracted different types of different types of people because you know when I was starting out it was it was just it was young guys um, you know everyone was on everyone pretty much everyone was under twenty five mm. uh, into drinking and they were into smoke I wasn't but they were mm. into smoking marijuana and there'd be like drinking stories and stone stories mm. and uh, yeah yeah drug related stuff but that, it was the environment that attracted that sort of person. Mm. Like it's a Thursday night gig, it starts late, um, so the only people who can attend are people who don't have day jobs on the Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not making much money, so the only people who can participate are people who don't have any, um, don't have any other responsibilities like a child or a house or mm. a, um, or, 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 or or often often a partner. So they just mm. be like single guys under mm. twenty. So you're going to get that sort of material. Yeah, um, yeah. So people are like, oh, comedy's just talking about masturbating and getting stoned you go, well yeah but what sort of gig are you running like who are you going to attract mm. so yeah a late night show is going to attract that sort of thing mm. um, whereas now uh, when I set up with like with when I set up Humorous Arts Trust which was the charity we set up 10 years ago I was like oh I want to run things a bit differently I want the gig to start on time mm. if you're getting paid you get paid upon receipt of invoice and we pay your withholding tax and so that money isn't it's not the food back's cash in hand 
it goes straight into your bank account. And it's the same bank account that you use to buy your groceries mm. that you pay your petrol with. And so maybe you shift your how you how you view this gig. It's not just like a um It's not a going it's out getting it's not boost. a bonus uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. beer money thing. It's actually part of your it's income. It's part of your income. Um, mm. and I think that has slightly changed people's perspectives. So I didn't tell people, hey, we need to be more professional. I just changed how changed I dealt how, with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that has kind of influenced how the how it's the how the, scene is, how the scene has grown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like that was kind of a big step. That was something I knew I had to do. And then when when the money's fixed, like if you MC on a Monday night, it's a hundred bucks. Right. Hundred twenty five before tax. And it's every Monday. And as soon as you send the invoice it gets paid the next day. That means that there are people who do have responsibilities and have kids and have mortgages or have to travel in from out of town know they're going to reliably get paid as soon as they send that invoice and so instead of just being like young guys under 25 there's still heaps of those and, and they're great you have parents you have we've actually got a couple of grandmothers who are performing <laughs> um, uh, you've got people with kids you've got people who um, have to come in from out of town uh so there's just a wider spectrum of um of of sort of performers, which results in like a wider range of experiences being shared on stage, which means when you're sitting in an audience, you're not sitting there going, oh, what's the next story about marijuana? You can be like, oh, here's yeah. a, I've got two kids too. Oh yeah, I'm having trouble trying to find a house. Oh yeah, like I know what it's like moving as a refugee, you know. Um, so all those experiences are being shared on stage. So you get like, you attract different people. Uh, in the audience mm, mm. so it just becomes so comedy becomes this, this much more widely accessible art form and it's gone away there's still the grungy aspects which are, which are great like sitting in the green room at San Fran with the graffiti on yeah, the wall yeah. and you're having a few um, uh, Heineken's or Corona's like oh, fuck, I always love that well it's um, hard not to feel like part of history <laughs> yeah, local yeah, yeah. history being in there <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. I mean I've, I've I don't think I've ever performed on that stage certainly not since, when it, since it's been San Fran but I have been out in that green room yeah, yeah. a few times and you feel you definitely feel like you're part of yeah yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. it gets you in the zone yeah. That's, that, yeah that's another thing like the environment just affects how you interact mm. with people eh? like hanging mm. out in the green room with other comics mm. is like that is the safe space that is where you, you can talk and you're open yeah, open emotionally you have an um, and I've shared green rooms with so many people like mm. Phil you know Phil Nickel mm. And he just even just popped in. This was this is like the late show on a Saturday, um, back in back in May. And he just popped in and sat and had a chat with us. Mm. And you go, this guy's been doing it for thirty five. I don't know how mm. years and years. And he's like an icon, and he's just hanging out. He's just, he's just in the green room. He's just another comic. Um, we even had um, Danny Boy mm. turn up on a Monday to raw meat at Fringe Bar to the open wow. mic night. <laughs> just popped his head in. And I was like, oh, you know, do you want to want to come and watch the show? Can I get a spot? He's like, yeah, 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 sure. So it's someone, someone. We might, we might be able to fit you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, so we chucked him on, and this is a guy who, like, yeah. the, ne the next day is playing to a sold out. Sold out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And here he's up ch checking out new material, testing, testing out new material in front of 30, 40 people. Um, you're like, oh yeah, it's just. It's just well, these are lifers, not chances, right? <laughs> these are people who. This is what they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so it was kind you of know cool. he was jet lagged, but he still still popped in. It was nice. It's like, you know, I, I still have a memory of being 17 years old, driving over to the jazz bar in Napier and watching the guy who would be on stage with Ray Charles the next night play, yeah. playing with the local musicians for two and a half hours. <laughs> and I just sat there going, this guy's the greatest fucking player I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. And 
no disrespect to the locals, they were all very good. But they're never going to... You know, that was clearly a massive highlight for them to have mm. this dude. And then I go to the horrible, you know, uh, the horrible mission winery where everyone's throwing their bottles and oh, the next right. day to, to see Ray see Charles. Charles. Yeah, yeah. And the same guy is just blowing it out of the park in front of this in big thing. Of, but, you know, yeah. in a way it was more special seeing this dude the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah, that's the yeah. same sort of thing, and you know. Sort of people day. that were at your open mic that saw Danny Boy do a few minutes. Hmm. That's fucking cool. They're going to remember that, eh? Yeah. And, and it's, even when it's a small night, you never know what it means to someone. Mm. People always tell me about, their, they'll tell me about their first gig and they go, oh man, and you, you know, I might say something like, oh, you know, you came backstage and you said, you know, thanks and, and you're really appreciative. And I was like, I, I don't remember the interaction, but they really do. So that, that means every Monday, I still, no matter if there's 10 people in the audience, because you know, some Mondays there still are, mm. I still got to, you still have to treat it with respect and treat, treat those performers with respect. Yeah, like it's people invest a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of a lot, a lot of the efforts, a lot of the energy in, in events that I'm running, mm. and I've got to, I've got to be so careful about how I treat them. Well, I want to. Tr- I, I'm trying to work out how to transition to this. I don't want to sound like like it's a rough transition, and I'm accusing you of not doing something. But within that, you've talked about setting up this trust about paying people on time yeah. correctly. Um, there's the established hang that comedians have where you just hang out backstage in the green mm. room and you get to know each other what is your um, concern or what is your action around I guess understanding and being aware of mental health with comedy performers because I feel like you know what I want to get into a conversation about that so I'm yeah, just yeah. Try, I'm trying to frame it okay, like I'm okay. not I'm not saying why aren't you doing something I want yeah, to know yeah. what you are doing and no, how okay. or you know how whether, whether it comes up sure. because you're talking about just in your experience you're talking about you know one of the things that keeps people doing this mm. is the thrill of oh, I kind of tanked tomorrow night I'm so it's mm. so it's you're, you're manufacturing highs and lows for yourself so that does something yeah, to your brain yeah, chemistry yeah. right it does it does and you, you've um yeah, sorry, man. Tough. Have, a, uh, have I set that up okay? Oh, no, like, yeah, no, 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 no that's fine. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, a, it's a hard conversation because mm. um, I'm trying to think because I've just had a couple of moments in, like in, back in May where I've had to deal with people who have had uh, mental health issues mm. and have been... Um, oh, I'm quite concerned about it. I imagine a person... You, you're just talking about people, you know, remembering their first gigs. Mm. I, I could see how this could bra- could actually break someone. Uh, a person yeah. thinking, I have been told my whole life I'm funny. Funny, and you got and you get up there and you get fuck and and I, I guess I understand a responsibility I have as someone who has written mm. punishing reviews of people mm. that are in that situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, certainly for those 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 first gigs, we try to make it as as like as soft a landing ground mm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we, you know, the, the audience is told, hey, some of it's going to work, some of it's not going to work. We're just going to yeah. ride along with it. And and I tell the comics, look, this is where you try stuff out. And that's fine. You fail. You're supposed to fail. So we try to mm. sort of soften it around, mm-hmm. soften those edges. But um, yeah, like it, it attracts a lot of people from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a couple of guys with uh, you know autism who um, perform regularly, and it's uh, it's great because they've got a very unique mm. uh, perspective of, of trying to understand the human condition and understand the rules and realizing that they've got to follow the rules, but not sure why those rules exist. And um, I have to deal with them in a different <laughs> yes, way. Yes. Because sometimes they'll ask 
questions at weird times or phrase stuff and, and you're like, why? What the? And we were, we're watching... Um, so I'm getting off topic. I'll come back to them. Yeah. And we're watching a gig. Um, you know the guy, Marcel Lecomte? You know the, yes. the, the, yeah. I can't remember the character, the, yes. the guy the guy who, who performs it. Mm. He was doing like a solo show. And he was doing a series of puns. And he's like, oh, I went into a Turkish bakery and because uh, uh, I really love supporting Turkish pride. I love Turkish pride. <laughs> oh, wait. I mean Turkish P-Day. And like it's a simple mm. dumb gig. Mm. Guy leaned over. He goes, oh, what's P-Day? Oh, it's a, it's a type of bread. Oh, why didn't he just say bread? <laughs> <laughs> we just what, I can't but yeah. that's, that's the way it, like we autistic it's the way the yes. brain was working drove yes. me nuts I was like you yeah. fucking stop it anyway yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah people like that and then you have other people with um, like depression is so common man mm. so I mean Nikise does this whole um, you know eating fried chicken in the shower yes. about yeah. it I was just listening to his one with um, John Campbell yeah I haven't heard that yet that's the start oh, right. of the second season eh? mm. I did mm-hmm. listen to all of the first season yeah yeah, yeah. and it comes up comes mm. up so much mm. um, because people people will use yeah use comedy as a great way of, of, of talking about it mm. um, immediately and openly but mostly the audiences relax because they, they you know they realise there's going to be a punchline coming soon um, but yeah man like I was in Edinburgh when like Robbie Will- um, Robin Williams died it's like nice to have a breather mm. You say you're in Edinburgh, you mean at Fringe. Yeah, when yeah, Robert, yeah. When the new, and mm. I mean, that was a massive one, right, for uh, so many people. Robin yeah. Williams, uh, I guess the simple thing people couldn't get their head around or were forced to confront was someone that successful, that, yeah. that wealthy, that adored, that mm. across so many platforms for so many years mm. could have something in him that, that just, that couldn't just enable, him. couldn't correctly enable his happiness. Yeah, yeah. just telling him it's not, yeah, something's yeah. not right. Yeah, because we so all like, grew up with him in one mm. way or another. And yeah. like his, the, um, I think it's, I think it's Robin Williams live at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's like one of the classics. Yeah, when he's, I think he's, he's off his face. Oh okay, yeah, isn't he? There's, yeah, there's a couple of um, Robin Williams stand-up shows that are just so like that are he's amazing. And yeah, yeah, I, re- mm. I remember getting. I won a competition in, a, in the local video store at Havelock North, and for some, it was weird. It must have been like it was probably something like Patch Adams or some shit was yeah. on. You know, one of the shitty yeah. films. But the prize was filling your name in, and you might win a VHS tape of one of the stand-up shows. It was the fucking weird, and I won it. And I just watched that tape so much. You know, and yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's all the all that incredible audience banter he does someone goes off goes to the low and he they leave mm. their jacket and he grabs it and he starts doing like um you know it, he asks what her name is and he starts doing impersonations of her family you know she's gone missing Ellie it's your father here and he's like Ellie, Ellie we've got Rabbi Tom here and the local rabbi does a voice you know come back you stupid child rah, rah, rah. and you know it's just incredible like yeah, it's yeah. just absolutely it's that it's that perfect blend of stand-up comedy and and, and improv comedy and, improv and, and they just, don't always just, go together but yeah, he was yeah. able to yeah yeah he was yeah. one of those ones and and yeah, Richard Pryor was that and who was obviously like another very troubled mm. guy mm. that's the other classic yeah um, yeah yeah one. yeah the free basing story the lighting himself on fire and, yeah I shut my car yeah <laughs> 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 well, but his, his description of um uh, I think having his heart attack mm. and he's lying mm. on the ground and it's just you know rolling over and like and describing the pain of it. 
other person I saw do something similar to that was um, Chris Brain in 2009, mm. his Billy T show. Mm. He won the Billy T year. Um, it was about his anxiety and depression. So, yeah, people have been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and Chris hasn't, you know, he's still got it. It's not like you won the Billy T. Oh, great, you're cured. He's like, no, I, I still, I'm still very unwell. Like, I follow him mm. on Twitter. And he was he he live tweeted his experience of being um of being in the in the psychiatric ward mm, <laughs> and mm, talking. Wow. I think he was reviewing the meals he was get, he was getting given and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's certainly a lot lot, lot more. Uh, and obviously, very open about it. I think mm. the big one the last couple of years is Hannah Gadsby, obviously. Is yes. A, is, a, is a big has been a big talking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hannah wow. Gadsby. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mike. Oh, Mike King, who's obviously yeah, switched yes switched away from yes. away from comedy. Um, so yeah, people are talking about it, about it a lot more, and I think comedians we're, we're quite lucky that it's sort of yeah, it's kind of accepted yes. now. You don't have to put on this face of um, you're funny. It's occupational hazard almost in a way too. Isn't it is it? a little like, bit because hey, yeah. we're surrounded by. I mean, you know, Nikki yeah. says come out as an alcoholic, and we're mm. surrounded by alcohol mm. everywhere. And frankly, fifty percent of our job is selling drinks. Yeah. The reason the reason the yes. venues have us there is because yes. they know people are buying yeah. are buying booze. Yeah. Um. That's why you don't have comedy in a in a coffee yeah, shop. In you a know? Church. In yeah. a church. In a church. Yeah. I, I played a church. Um. <laughs> you weren't welcome back though. <laughs> you say I have played a church. Oh, uh, was the Saint Peter's and Paul's Catholic, Catholic Women's League. <laughs> I did okay. Played it clean. Yeah. But um. Yeah. So there's 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 yeah there's there's there's, there's lots more talking about it, but it does attract people who have had. Turning to Michelle about it, she said when she writes material, um, it's something that she has an emotional reaction to, because mm-hmm. that's that's where people can connect to it. So people mm-hmm. are constantly connecting to your emotions. So you, you, you're getting this feedback of like, I need to have more, be yeah. emotional about more events and more things. Yeah. And then you start picking up, yeah, like like Christchurch in March. Mm. I just, I, f- I had to turn off, I had to go off Twitter because I was just like, I can't, I'm not getting, mm. n- none of this is helping me. I'm not, I'm not, I can, I can learn all about it. Tomorrow, I don't need to lead see straight updates, mm. but um, I had to, I knew I had to do material on it as well because that was like so. Two weeks later, it was Friday night. I was at Kevin Club, and I did twenty minutes, and it was just like a just a full blown like I can't recreate that material anymore because it was like straight after the vigil. I just had to just go up and go, fuck! What the fuck is happening? Mm. And just and talk about it. I got laughs off it, you know, but it's it's so weird. I had all this anger and rage. And I put it in material and you hand it over to an audience and they convert it into laughs. Mm. Who else has got that job? Mm. Who else has got that opportunity to do that? And then you come off that and you know, I felt a lot better. I had to, but I had to get that off my chest. You've actually articulated for me, or, or um, Michelle Court has, via you, what what I, I think what I look for in comedy. And it's funny that I haven't really worked it out, but it's exactly the same as what I look for in music, is, mm. is for it to actually, you know, it can be silly. Some of my favourite music is, you know, daft stuff. Yeah. But it still has to come from a place of mm. the person meant to do it. Mm. The emotional response to something, yeah. the emotional connection mm. to something, mm. is is really what it's about in all of the arts, um, for me, yeah. and, and probably for most people. But it's funny, I hadn't really quite, you know, I've always been really interested in the in the reviewing comedy and reviewing music and how there are some slightly different things you do with them and how you see them but there's a lot of similarities and mm. that's definitely a massive mm. one yeah 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 so being able to 
to to even if you haven't had that same experience, you had a similar experience. Mm. We've had a similar emotional reaction to something. Um, yeah, and and but you, you do start. I can easily see. Like, hasn't I've, I've been quite fortunate. Like, mental health wise, I've been mm. I've been fine. I'm sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is up with everyone else? And just <laughs> <laughs> just like, you always yeah. see the green room, but there's always someone's got depression or every single flat I've I've had. Uh, uh, one of the other flatmates has has had uh, undiagnosed. I don't know. I hope I'm not yeah. causing it, but <laughs> undiagnosed depression, or um, uh, one of them had mania. Uh, it's just yeah. Mm. Uh, I guess we're, we're just a lot more conscious of it of it now. They're not just going crazy. They're actually they're, uh, they're actually unwell. Um. <laughs> You're right though about the you know I guess the closest to, I mean I've I'm not a comedian, I'm not trying to be, I've never done stand-up, I, I, it's not for me, um, but the closest I would say I've come to it is doing, like, um, performance reading, like stand-up poet, you know, uh, spoken mm. word and mm. open mic poetry. There is a component to that. The vulnerability is is a little bit yes. similar to stand-up. Yeah, stand-up, the, yeah. The, the standing, you are standing on stage and you are telling a story you're using your words and you are hoping they mean something to someone yep. yes you're not trying to make people laugh well sometimes you are but you know so that so that's similar and what i've noticed from you know i had years and years out from doing it and i've just started tentatively going back to some of the open mics and things and watching and doing it but i've, I've noticed how safe and nurturing those um mm those events are right because there are some people getting up telling some pretty intimate pretty frightening filterless stories Uh, coming uh. from places of needing to unpack what's going on in their life and people understand it or do their best Mm. to and Mm. when i first started doing open mic you know open mic poetry and 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 stuff like that it was in like the old bodega where people would just boo you (laughs) which was kind of you know i kind of think it's great (laughs) because I could handle it. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you were fuck, I look at now. If you exactly yeah. like we, we weren't sympathetic to how people, mm. you know, a big part of me believes if you're going to get up and do something, if you're going to perform, you need to be fucking good at it. Mm. And if you're not, you almost, you know, a big part of me does believe that you deserve whatever people throw at you within reason. Yeah. Within reason, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then I just see how well actually like there are some nice ways you can go about doing that. Go about that. doing it. And, and, um, I mean, yeah. yeah, comedy is almost kind of self-censoring. If you go up there mm. and they're silent, you know, you know, you're not going. They right. don't need me That's to come right. back to the green room and say, "Oh, that wasn't quite working out." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You can generally tell. That's and, it. Usually, yes. Yeah, and I think audiences are more uh, yeah. open to rejecting stuff that they don't like or feel mm, uncomfortable mm, around. Mm. Whereas in the past, people would laugh it off. Mm. Um, and you can see that that sort of change has happened over the over the past year, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So the good when I started the good part of um, comedians bonding and having each other's back is all of the stuff we've just been discussing. The the tension I've always had around that, and it goes all the way up to you know listening to Mark Maron's podcast and hearing hearing him talk about these people who he hangs out with and who are super funny, and you go, I've watched their shit; they're not funny at all. Uh, you know, I know they're famous, I know they're successful, but they're deeply not funny. And I get that you have a friendship with them, and that's why. And that's the bit that's always bugged me. You know, people talk about whenever I would review comedy or write about comedy on on my blog or whatever, 
and have a bunch of people come in like yeah okay sure I was probably making fucking wild sweeping generalised statements but it was always comedians coming in and saying that person's actually amazing I haven't seen you watch them and it's like yeah but you're you hang out with the person you have a beer with them it, it'd be like you if you atta- be it'd be like if you attacked one of my mates I would say they're a decent person and here's why but if but if you attack the album that they put out or the book that they released I'd go yeah it is shit if it yeah, was yeah. you know I've always had that <laughs> that it, issue it is, yeah I guess yeah, music is small and, and comedy is even smaller mm. And you have that thing when you're from a small community, the the walls sort of come up. Yeah. And if you if you aren't seem to be defending the, the person, you're gonna bump into them in a green room, or maybe you miss out on it. You think you might missing be missing out on a on a gig or opportunity. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I, I can understand why that why that why that. Why it's that, a tricky uh, thing. I understand. Mm. I I understand it entirely. Why you don't. No one wants to walk around and be a cunt. No basically yeah exactly but at the same time isn't a lot of what a lot of comedians pride themselves on as being a type of truth teller almost like a postmodern philosopher <laughs> certainly some sort of honesty is connected with what people are trying to convey yeah and yet if you boil it down, the reason they didn't say the person on the bill with them was shit was because um, they don't want an awkward conversation. Yeah. That person has more influence than them and mm. they want to open for them again or possibly yeah. go ahead of them and headline over them. Yeah. So I get that there's, there's always, you know, you always have to be, and probably this is one of my great failings in yeah. life, is that I haven't played that sort of political game. Right. I... I it's it's a, a New Zealand thing as mm. well, mm. not wanting to be too harsh in your criticism, mm. or if you are, you do it in a in a roundabout couched fa- yeah, fashion, yeah, or yeah. you yeah you approach from a different angle. You never sort of directly um, confront someone about stuff, and that, yeah, it can be a problem, but it, it can be useful as well. And I've sort of learned that in the sort of the businessy side of, of comedy, I have to respond to it's almost like a professional communication mm. basics of communication but I'll try to tailor my emails and my messages to try and adapt to the, to the person that I'm, that I'm that I'm talking to I don't talk to the festival staff up in Auckland the same mm-hmm. way that I would chat to the bar staff mm-hmm. at Fringe Bar the same way that I chat to an open micer or to someone who's been doing it for 20 years um, mm. and so yeah yeah criticism is a, is a hard one sometimes on a Monday people say have you got any feedback for me and I'll be like I've been having two beers down yeah. the back of the room. I haven't been. I haven't been watching. Seems and pretty your, good. <laughs> your, feed, your feedback is coming. These thirty people can yeah. give you better feedback. Yeah. These these amateurs. These people have just walked in, paid yeah. ten bucks. Their their um, uh, their responses is, is more important than anything. Like, anything I can sort of I can sort of give you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- th- there is that. There is that. That sort of honesty of comedy is. Yeah. If it's not funny. They're not gonna fake laugh at you. Yeah, they're just yeah. gonna sit there and, and, yeah. get, and get bored. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think I wonder, I don't hassle poetry, but if someone does a bad poem, you might stand there and go, "Oh, maybe I just don't appreciate it." Yeah, I think that's tr- I think that's true. Although, I think like the open mic and performance reading style of poetry, that's that's kind of like it is to it is to stand up what comedy is to 
other forms away from stand-up, like comedy writing for radio okay, or comedy yeah. writing for TV might be like poetry on a page. Right. You know, there is... Okay. But, yeah, you're, you're basically right. Like, I'll go and watch poetry and I'll go, fuck, that's terrible. Yeah. But good on that person for sharing. For sharing there. Because yeah. it's not a good poem. And I know I write not very good poems. I know that. But I know I've written a couple of quite good ones. But I know I write a lot of not very good ones. But... Yeah. but I enjoy doing them, mm. and it doesn't mean they can't be criticised. Yeah. Yeah. They have been, and they will be, and all mm. of that. But, yeah, there's sort of different, I guess there's sort of different reasons for people wanting to do it. I suppose that's true of some stand-up comedy, too. It's often a, you know, I mean, you look at that Hannah Gadsby thing, that was a real statement yeah, in catharsis. Like it was a real, yeah, yeah. a real, you know, the weird thing about people saying that that wasn't comedy and stuff like that honestly who cares like, <laughs> yeah. who cares what you want to define it as lots of yeah. hundreds of you know, thousands of people watched it yeah and it, and, yeah. And and it a, meant and something to yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, and, it, and it made people ask the question mm. isn't that healthy like was I supposed to laugh at that or can it be comedy if I didn't laugh yeah you know and all of that yeah stuff, yeah, you know? yeah 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 I, when I think about um, I'll go and watch Henry Rollins speak and he speaks at uh, an alarming rate for hours but sometimes he's funnier than any comedian I've seen. Mm. And then other times he's just telling a very interesting story and he's yeah. never tried to announce that it's a comedy tour as such. It's just mm. the speaking mm. tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can cover lots of different things, eh? I'm thinking about emotional... Times I've had emotional reactions to something... Okay, so two very separate... Mm. One of them was... Uh, um, uh, it was Open Mike in, in London. Oh, two, two moments in Open Mike in London. There's a gig called Old Rope. Uh, where comics go to do new stuff, and if they do their old stuff, they're told onto the rope. Mm-hmm. Kind of gimmick. And there's a guy, a comic, Simon Munnery, uh, and he was talking about, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Dad's Army? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dad's Army. Yeah, there's yeah. that character, yeah. whoever it is, yeah. goes, don't panic, don't panic. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. like the comic, the funny, like, hyper, don't panic. And that, mm-hmm. that was his line. And Simon, he goes, you know, I realise he was saying don't panic. He'd been through World War One, and he's seen inmates in the trenches. And, and dying on gas, he was saying don't panic to himself. And I went, fuck! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What? Where did this line come from? Yeah. In the middle of comedy. And I, I, I just stopped laughing. I was just aghast. And I thought, what the hell have I been doing with my comedy? I'm just telling bloody jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was such like a, a punch in the gut. Yeah. And then he just moved on to the next topic. And yeah. I was like, shit! <laughs> it was such a devastating line. Devastating line. Isn't it great to have that, though? Like, oh, I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll read... I'll read um, you know, some days I'll think I've written an okay review or a piece of writing, whatever, and I've gone, that's, I'm happy with that. And then some days I'll read, like, you know, a really good piece by someone else and go, why am I even fucking bothering? You know, <laughs> like, God, the way this person set this yeah. up, that review is as good as the art that it's yeah. talking about yeah. or it's far better. And I'll go, well, what am I fucking doing? <laughs> this is like when it's I'm... great, though. It's <laughs> yeah. good to feel that. It's like when know? I watch James Nakisa do an yeah. hour show. I'm like, yeah. Why am I even bothering? <laughs> yeah, totally. Isn't it? Isn't it good to? It's good. You know, it's good it to hear those things. Yeah, moments like that. But yeah. then also, uh, I watched eighth um, of July two thousand and five, the day after the bombings mm. um, in London, mm. and so we were there. And eighth uh, of July, I went out to an open mic night because I was like, "What do I do?" Like, yeah, I yeah. Do something went out to open mic night, and, uh, and and nobody was talking about it. Everyone doing their regular jokes, and a guy came up there and just went, "You know what? I got on. I caught the bus this morning." And I said, 
fuck the terrorists. I said, fuck the terrorists. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck the terrorists. And then I realized I was saying it out loud and I got kicked off the bus. And just the room, just looks, it's a dumb joke, mm, but just mm. for it to happen but it's real. 36 hours <laughs> yes, after. Yeah. And just the room just erupted in, in laughter. Yeah, the like, best oh, thing yeah. about that joke is the, is the timing of it. Yeah. In terms of when it happened. It, yeah, yeah. it needed yeah. to happen yes. that day after. And, mm. and so this guy's had this thought. He's had this emotional reaction. We've all got this reaction. He's gone up and he's talked about it. And it's immediate. Like, it's mm. been faster than a newspaper column or a play or a song that's going to be written about it. It was like a simple, dumb gag, but boom, powerful. <laughs> and, I mean, isn't it interesting that you can watch, you know, you can watch really great, you know, internationally famous comedians. And I don't know if you've had this experience and you don't, you know, you work in the industry, so you don't need to name names, but you can. But I've watched really big name comics be amazing like be mm. exactly what you talked about where they have yeah. a line or two but I've also watched the same comic kind of fail or at least phone it in mm. I think the great example to me was, is probably Dylan Moran right. who the I've very first time very yeah, yeah, yeah. first time I seen him and you know yeah. obviously I love black books and I mm. knew who he mm. was mm. the very first time fuck it, it was like watching you know Louis Armstrong play the trumpet or something it was just yeah. fucking incredible it was, this is virtuoso and then I've seen him a few times since, and usually pretty good. But one time, it's probably the end of the tour. You know, I get <laughs> yeah, it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've seen Bob Dylan a bunch of times, and I've seen Bob, you know, a lot of people think Bob Dylan's no good at all anymore. I've seen Bob Dylan be amazing just yeah. recently, just yeah. last year. Right. And I've also seen him be like... Just funny. Yeah. It? It's it's, I, I kind of <laughs> like that, though. I kind of like seeing that, you know. But you know but that it's, this is life. It's, these yeah. are humans. Yeah, because yeah. seriously, the very first time I saw Dylan do his stand-up set, it was just like, this guy is untouchable. He is mm. not just funny, he's brutal. Yeah. And, like, he did the single best takedown of you know a heckler I've ever ever seen like <laughs> it was just incredible he spent 10 minutes just you know devouring this guy yeah, is it who, yeah who yeah. deserved it yeah. you know it was it was that annoying thing where usually hecklers aren't good and mm. then they get worse the more they talk it was yeah, yeah. yeah. and this person had just carried on and in yeah. the opera house, it's so awful because you can't see them. Yeah, and, yeah. And they, they never can say... They can you can't only quite shout. hear them, yeah. They're only ever shouting yeah. something. It'd yeah. be like one word or yeah. a line, and yeah. it's just just a waste of time. Yeah. And, like, you can't... How do you banter in a, in a room that size? Just, yeah. One thing I do like about New Zealand audiences there is, is when that stuff starts to happen, I've noticed this more, the audience starts tutting or oh. booing you know getting <laughs> fucked off with the heckler I kind of yeah. love that <laughs> self-policing yeah it, yeah yeah I kind of think you know go New Zealand <laughs> I do quite like that because yeah Austra um, not Australian um, yeah, American audiences are known for like being woo yeah, yeah. great even when things you're like why are you whooping nothing no. none of this is great what are you like <laughs> oh I have the best story about that I went and saw um, Peter Gabriel and Sting play together in yeah. Seattle and um Peter Gabriel started telling the story about, um, her name escapes me, but the British MP that was murdered in the street. Yeah, Joe and, Cox. Yeah, that's it. And he was friends with her and he was debuting a new song. Yeah. And he, he goes, uh, he goes, you know, this is a song about a friend of mine. Um, she was the first, you know, woman to do this and then she did this and, and you know, this woman yells out this American, Yeah! <laughs> and then I was like, "You go, girl!" And it just it just kept going. Like it was just, and I was sitting there going, 
this person <laughs> is about to experience the biggest, the biggest roller coaster dip. Yeah, and it carried on. He's like, she helped um, write some of the words to this song. Yeah, and it was like, and he's like, this is the first time playing this. Uh, she unfortunately died. She was murdered in the street, and this the same voice went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was just. It was utterly incredible. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, I love Americans, eh? But yeah. The, 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 well, that was what I loved it. It was yeah. like she was on every word, but yeah. she was, re- rather than wait, she was yeah. reacting to every, like it was a series of punchlines that yeah. had to be, like, applauded or, or commented on. And I just thought, that poor woman, what a fucking roller coaster ride she took herself to on. find out, find that out then. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's so funny. The closest I've got to that was all singing. Elton John in, in, in Vegas mm. and um, he was playing at the, the MGM 4,000 mm. seater yeah, yeah. which for him is probably like minuscule yeah. sold out Wednesday night it's like your debating mm. audience <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they you know they went to the ladies and gentlemen Elton John room erupts applause ready to come on stage apart from like two rows down I saw a guy in an all black jersey who's just sitting there just looking around like <laughs> he hasn't done this thing yet you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll clap when he plays my yeah, favourite yeah, song. Yeah, <laughs> what if he's no good? What if he's no good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, was so, it was so New Zealand. I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll wait till you've done something first. I'm like, clapping for no bloody reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that was a great concert. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I mean, he's he's uh, he's one of the incredible performers to see. I didn't even know I was an Elton John fan. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. And then I went along. I was like, oh, wait, I know all these songs. Yeah, oh, of yeah, course, yeah. Oh, of course, there's yeah. Elton John. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's a freak. <laughs> he's, he's a freak. Um, there was uh, a period in the 1970s where Elton John records accounted for 2% of all global record sales. <laughs> and who else has a statistic like that? That's just fucking nuts, you know, like... Oh, he was so good, and he just... But he played that Wednesday, you know, yeah. 2000 Cedar, like, it was... His first the, show. The first show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was just belting out the tracks. Mm. Oh, God, he was incredible. Mm, mm. I saw him, and I saw... I just, your T-shirt reminds me, I saw Springsteen. Oh, and, yeah. Um, Never seen Springsteen. Really? I'm a, I am a little bit of a Fairweather fan, I've got to okay. say. Like, okay. I like Springsteen, I don't like the E Street Band. Ah. As a rule. Okay, yeah. okay. Right, right, right. That's why they're not on the T-shirt. You know, ah, I got yeah. one with just him. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw him in um uh, uh, Melbourne, oh, yeah. um, Hanging Rocks, is that out, mm. outdoors? Mm. Uh, and he just three like oh. three hours, no, the guy's in his sixties. Oh, he's mental, yeah. And just no break. I, his this is not what most Springsteen fans want to hear, but I would like to see him play for less, not longer. Like everyone boasts mm. about the three four hour shows. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him in a theatre. Yeah. With a four-piece band right. play for a hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, what, I would. I, did I just, he do? He did. He did a theatre show. Yeah, he's me. done some. Yeah, you know, he did that. He did the Broadway thing. That yeah. was horrible. Because oh, was yeah, that was just him know. sort of um, butchering his own song solo and then oh. talking too long in between them. Okay. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> I think it was a companion. I think to give it a charitable review, it was a companion piece to his memoir, which I haven't right. finished reading. And so okay. I think a lot of people felt that it was a really nice, like a director's commentary attached yeah. to that but I've got a bootleg I mean I used to be a massive fan and yeah. I've got a bootleg recording of a tour he did <clears throat> in about 2005 I think when Devils and Dust came out yeah. and it's just him solo playing theatres in America right. and it's like 90 minutes and it's amazing it's, just, it's, it's perfect yeah he's, and he, you know, he, does, he does lots of classic old songs he wasn't mm. just doing the new album so mm. you, you hear him play The River 
but he'll just do it on piano and harmonica right, himself right right just guitar and harmonica stuff yeah, yeah. like that so he was playing you know plenty of the big big anthems but solo it was and i because I, I appreciate him as a songwriter yeah yeah and the whole performance shtick that he has is incredible <laughs> to me yeah. but i'm a bit sick of it it's a bit right. he's a bit like one of those dudes you see at the um at the gym and they're working out to be to be looked at working out and you, you know I mean you can tell I don't yeah, go to the yeah. gym lots but you know uh, yeah you see those people and they're like it's a, right. yeah it's a performance, it's a performance. It's and a, he a, he is that and yet yeah. somehow he is geniusly um, you know allowed a lot of his you know he's this picture of authenticity for a lot of his mm. fans there's no way it's a performance this is a guy who yeah. sweats and grits is, it out this is like working class yeah. Anyway, New Jersey, yeah. Was he good? Was it fucking <laughs> it was amazing? Great? I bet it, it was, was incredible. Great. Yeah. And then, like, he came out for the, oh, he went off stage for like uh, like 10 seconds, came mm. out for the encore, mm. and he played like all the hits that I yeah. was like, wait, have you not played those? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's, uh, it, it is amazing when you see people like that, that, yeah. that level of, you know, when you watch someone that can just be a jukebox for mm. all these songs, you you know, I went and I've seen the Rolling Stones a couple of times, and I remember writing about them when they played at the stadium here in like 2005 2006 or six. I yeah. as well yeah. yeah and I was like I remember writing a line about like they would be one of the and Elton John's another example I guess mm. but maybe not as much but the Stones are one of those bands you could see them on two nights and they could play two entirely different set lists and you could be happy and with, be both. Still with both yeah Probably like you know yet. yes your mate your favorite song might be sympathy for the devil and you mm. only get that once but you would get like wild horses the next night you know or something yeah 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 and elton john's got that kind of catalogue and springsteen's got springsteen's that kind of catalogue and, and elvis costello has and right. there are only a, but there are only yeah. a few a finite few yeah, yeah. for all this talk of you know these old dinosaurs need to get off their perch and stadium yeah. gigs are just a big monstrosity Fuck, yeah. when you go to a really good one like that. That, 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 was, that was so good. That was 20, 2013. Mm. Springsteen. Yeah, well, that would have been a good time to see him. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I probably should have gone when he played Auckland a few mm. years ago, and I, I just didn't. Mm. I don't know why. I just sort of I, I couldn't afford it, I suppose. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. just made the decision that wasn't quite for me. But to um, see Elton see John. Um, yeah. That same trip, Elton John, I... Um, yeah, like driving through the desert from uh, San Francisco to Vegas. Oh, yeah. And listening to Springsteen when you're driving through yeah. the desert on an open road and going 80 miles an hour. Listen, Isn't America um, great for uh, driving, yeah. listen, listening, listening to things? Because there's long straight roads. Yeah. They just go forever and ever and yeah. ever. Um, we, 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 so we went from Vegas, we went up to, um, so this was uh, <laughs> uh, 2013, uh, I, I really wanted to see... Bill Cosby live. Yeah. It was before the allegations are coming. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good time to see him. <laughs> Back when it was like, oh wow, you gotta go make a pilgrimage yeah, to see yeah, Cosby. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, oh terrible. Yeah. Which is obviously <laughs> Yeah. Um we, we went and saw him in a um uh, uh it was a little casino town on the border of like Utah and mm. Nevada, middle of nowhere, West Wendover, because it was the only time his tour was connecting. And I, was, I really built it up. I was really looking yeah. for it. I was like, man, this guy's the icon. Yeah. He's, like, he's like Springsteen and Elton yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the legends. And uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was 90 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not Rapping, enjoying this. Let's wrap this up. I'm not enjoying this. It was, it was, yeah. all, just, wow. it was all just like an old. I mean, he was old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like yeah. 70, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of shuffled on stage, had his old 
her university hoodie yeah. on yeah. and sat down and just told some stories about growing mm. up and, mm. and being a kid and everything was about like you know family and his mother and you know, mm. siblings and you're like this is 2015 where are the jokes <laughs> like well yeah where, where are the jokes and like Obama's president yeah. Yeah. the government had just shut yeah, down yeah, yeah yeah where's the relevancy where's like, the, where's like, the contemporary there's all this stuff that's happening in, in your world and you just everything's ha- but that's it with him he's past. always uh, you know you know he was always kind of sitting in his own groove, which worked for a while in terms yeah. of just, just exploring the... Yeah. Uh, you know, and, that, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of horrible to put them together because of the series of allegations yeah, yeah, about yeah, both, yeah. but that's, it's the same. It's, it's like asking Woody Allen to do a, a, you know, a contemporary film where you know, he's not going to do it. He's always sat in his own groove with his films, his own, and whether you like them or not... Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's not going to do what you want him uh, to do, you uh. know. It's a similar kind of thing. But I was just, yeah, I was just angry. Yeah. <laughs> but there's just... a thing about seeing someone at the right time, and it's yeah. like, you know, if you'd seen, you know, it wouldn't have been available to you, but if you'd seen Bill Cosby in, what is it, like 1982 when he does 80s, that. That was like. When he does that. The dentist you can still, story, yeah, you can, classic, yeah. I think it's called Bill Cosby himself, and you can yeah. still watch the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't gone back and watched it in recent years because I'm <laughs> not interested. Yeah. <laughs> But I did watch it a lot, and it's it's masterful storytelling. Yeah. Like the, you know, he just sits on the chair with the microphone on his yeah. knee, yeah, and he yeah. just talks, and almost without pause, and you're just captivated by his mm. voice. Plus, mm. there are jokes. Mm. You know, that's incredible, and it's like I think for me, maybe that's why I didn't go and see Springsteen because I really would have liked to see Springsteen right. in like 2001 or 1997, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like it's been and gone. That's and I I have that a lot day. with. Sometimes there are people you just, you know, I did I did the BB King pilgrimage, probably similar to your Bill Cosby, right? Okay. Except yeah. I only drove from Hawke's Bay to Auckland, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. And I think I think we listened to you know blues music the whole way. But apart from that, you know, I went there and watched this eighty year old guy who didn't know where he was, right? With this shit hot band, whose voice was fragile. Who, when he touched mm. a note on the guitar, it still was impeccably and incredibly him and yeah, only yeah. him. But if I'm honest, would I have liked to have seen B.B. King in, like, 1987 or not possible for me, but, like, 1960? Yes, of course I I would have wanted to see him at that, more at the height of his powers. But it was just enough to see him. Right. Sometimes there's that. But sometimes now I just go, you know, my my window's gone. The moment's gone. Yeah, Yeah, the moment's gone. I saw, um, uh, sorry, it's all reminiscing stuff. Um, uh, My dad was a big fan of um, his music interest sort of stopped at the Beatles. Yeah. The Beatles and, yeah. and the Shadows. Yeah. Anything after that, <laughs> not done. Like, I thought, you know, it's always like the, the music that you that you hear in your late teens, yeah. 20s, that's the stuff that you're like, yeah, 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 this yeah. is the best. Yeah. Everything else. I, I kind of admire that about people, though, when they can just go. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, no, interested. But yeah. we, got, we got to see um, Hank Marvin. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the Shadows, yeah. and he played at the Upper Heart Cosy Club. Yeah, yeah, I actually, re- I wanted to go and see that. Oh, I think was, I was away. Was it he terrible? He was great. He would have been no, great, yeah. It was great. He lives in Aussie. He lives oh, in Perth. Right. Yeah. Ah, oh, so it was just a short trip. No, he would have been great. And I'm like, man, this is the guy that back for a club yeah. and he's playing to 300 people at the yeah, Cosy Club. Yeah, Oh no, and he was amazing. But he just, he, he been, just enjoyed it. Yeah. He was doing some, he was releasing some other gypsy. Yeah, that's right. He's all into gypsy jazz yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so he's now. doing a bit of that. Yeah. But then every now and then he'd slip in yeah, a yeah, few yeah. chords to Apache. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Your dad's like, <laughs> 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 I was like the youngest person in the audience by about 20, 30 years. I love that though. Like my, my uncle turned up at my brother's 21st. This is. 25 years ago he turned up at my brother's 
21st and we were playing Guns N' Roses and Chili Peppers and shit yeah. like that. It was the early early to mid-90s. Uh. And my uncle turned up and said, you're in charge of the music, eh? And I, said, I was a teenager and I said, yeah. And he goes, cool. I've got a tape I'd like you to play later. A tape. And he slides it up out of his top pocket <laughs> and it was Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> He brought it along and he thought it would be cool, you know. <laughs> it's like, obviously it's a classic album, but, but come on. why do people in the 90s and the 21st want to hear, like, Dark Side? Did he just think my brother's mates were all stoners? Also, I've, I've kind of wrestled with that for years. I think yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But that's kind of, you know, his favourite albums were, like, Dark Side of the Moon and ZZ Top Afterburner and that's yeah, it. Like, that's those were his Beatles yeah, and yeah, Shadows. Yeah, ZZ Shadows. Yeah, he's covered, eh? I kind of love that. But, I, yeah, it makes me go, I, I've got... I think it was a comedy. I've got to make sure I, I, I never get too stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I never get too stuck in like... In your I'm, Beatles phase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah, I know I definitely have got, you know, gigs I've written that I'm still doing. And I'm like, I really should just put that to one side mm. and create again. Because, you, yeah, I've always got tension of like, I love these classics. So the thing I, the thing I wanted to mention to you was, and I don't think I, I did because I was going to write to you about this, but... Um, I referenced it before, but uh, the thing I saw you do that made me go, fuck, wow, was at Lit Crawl last year, and you were doing the kids' Oh, my story God. Book. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck okay. yeah. Right. I was, yeah. It was, it was so good, I couldn't possibly write a review about it. Oh, okay, right. That would let the secret out of it. No, I'm just kidding. It was, it was, no, but it was amazing. It was oh. a great event, and you were a, a real highlight. Do you want to talk through what that was? Oh, sure. So that was, um yeah, Chris Teese um, was yes. organising the... Um, it was called, I think it was called Obituaries yes, or something, Eulogies yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And we had to give a eulogy for a, a fictional character. Oh, fine, so Kids funny. book character. I, I just, I just remembered that. Um, yeah, for, for a, no, I think it was just any literary oh, character. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And yes, um, other right. people had chosen like that's someone right. from science fiction yeah. or like the Alien movie. Yeah. But, um, so I did it, I did it on the, on the death of Harry McCleary. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I implied that he got hit by a car or yes, something. Yes, yes. And uh, I did it with because I was you know been reading all the stories with my son, mm. Harry McCleary, the little yellow digger, and mm, so I was incorporating mm. um, some of the lines from those other yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I know Emily liked it. Yeah. Because she was like, I recognise some of those stories. Well, I was the same. I was going to say like it. Oh right. Probably resonated with me on that level. I'd gone yeah, through yeah, all those yeah. stories. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's one of those yeah. moments where like people in the audience <laughs> can connect to it because they yeah, stuff from their childhood. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know whether everyone was digging it. Cause well, I thought I it was, was pretty special. Okay. I, I oh, thought thanks, it was pretty man. cool. You know, if that woman from the Peter Gabriel concert had been there, you would have sent her yeah. another fucking yeah. roller coaster. Oh, oh no. my God! <laughs> you would have totally, you know, that might have been the curtains for her. But I had, this, I had the moment, oh, I, I came off, off the little stage, and I was like, mm. oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell whether it had gone well or not, because mm. it was that same poetry reading vibe mm. where people are like, they don't, respond but like and it wasn't like a laugh out loud funny thing either mm. so yeah it was really hard and i was chatting to emily and she was oh i loved it it was great and she turned to her friend and went wasn't it great didn't you enjoy that in front <laughs> yeah, of me yeah and, and, and the other person was like oh well like i you know i, I recently lost our, my dog <laughs> and i went oh no <laughs> <laughs> well later that later straight after that event i had to do one which was down at um well, we were, uh, Caroline and Emily and I walked down to it with another friend of hers 
I don't know if it's the same person that recorded, but a similar sort of story. She was, this friend was chatting away to me and yeah. Emily were going along. She said, oh, so are you performing at this? Yeah, I'm, I'm performing. What are you doing? Oh, we have to read a story inspired by a song and then a drag performer is going to get up and, oh, and basically yeah, perform yeah. a routine to the song yeah, after yeah. we've done our, and it's, uh, I'm doing it with a couple of other writers. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Come along. Rah, rah, rah. And then, um, so I was sitting at the side of stage, and then they, and then they announced me, and then this friend of Emily's turned to her and goes, "Oh, is that fucking Simon Sweetman?" <laughs> <laughs> so we've just been having this nice chat, nice chat for about ten minutes, and then, <laughs> and I think I probably said, "Hi, I'm Simon," you know, whatever. So she sort of, did, and then the surname kicked in, and <laughs> I take oh. it all back. You're a cunt. <laughs> Shit, so man. that happened the same night but yeah, yeah. you know every now and then I have this thing where like someone does a performance and I go you know I want to actually write to them and just say look fuck it's, that is an amazing performance and I felt that about your th- and I don't know this isn't why I didn't do it but a couple of times I've done that with comedians and musicians mm. and they've written back and gone like uh, well you've always hated everything I've done fuck you <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> so I have to pick my moments when I, and I'm not suggesting you would have done that, but. Um, <laughs> I, guess what, man, I, I appreciate that because I, I, I thought about that. I actually just thought about that that little bit, even though it was just like a, a free gig. I've like, been thinking about that idea, and I really, mm. I really. Well, I wondered. I was a part of it. Was I was like, have you done that again? Would Would you take that on the stage? No, because I mean, obviously it was for yeah. a particular thing. No, I've never done it, and I, I just don't think it would I, work outside. I of felt it. like it would work as a published piece and I oh, but, but then really yeah, your performance was what yeah. sold it I think right I yeah I don't think I could do it. I think it sort of existed in that moment and now and then it's gone yeah it was a bit like that set after on the memorial the the, the um after the after the shootings like I yeah. had a 20 minute rant and I, I I can't I just can't do that again yeah I yeah, just, yeah. I had, to, had to exist there well that's good too yeah sometimes things are uh, yeah uh, you know I get that sometimes and things are t- yeah but I really, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. That was that was a fun yeah. thing to to. to well, Chris, to. yeah, I mean, the thing I did at Lit Crawl was great, and like mm. I was shitting myself about it the entire time, you know. Yeah. But it was great. Like Chris came up with really cool, yeah, yeah. stuff. I think. What like, song really, did you choose? Well, I didn't get to choose. It was chosen oh, for me. Right, okay. So it was, um, it was a Gordon Lightfoot song. If I could read your mind. Which there's a techno, there's a techno remix of it as okay. well, and it's a famous song. Um, but it, what I was shitting myself about, particularly, was I was sort of okay about what I had done, but the first performer of the night was Pip Adam, and then it was me, and then she's it like was, an author. Yeah, 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 was, quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was Tay Tibble. Yeah. So it was like the person who just won best novel of the year. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. The person who yeah. just won best new poet best new book of poetry best up and coming poet and then there's a fucking grumpy old white man <laughs> nobody angry critic in the middle so I was like it was it was actually inspired casting or whatever by yeah, yeah. curating by Chris because he he picked three people for three different reasons right, that right, had right. different strengths and he knew would respond you know he knew I yeah, would yeah. respond to a song like yeah. obviously so it worked but even going into it it was like so, so what we get up and we read these things and then the drag performer performs the song like what's the fucking connection it was mental and then Chris Chris got up and introduced it and basically said I'm still trying to work out whether this will work or not (laughs) but here we go and it was fucking amazing like I hope they do it again this year it was a massive hit like it was was just one of those things that 
that yeah that kind of electricity in the room like yeah, yeah. you know apart from that one person who found out who I was <laughs> They're neat. I think it was actually the first time I'd actually met Emily. Right. I think yeah. we'd only ever just vented on, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on Twitter or Facebook or yeah. whatever. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of cool. Yeah. Is she is she hot too. I feel like she's hot as well. Um, I actually don't know about that. Part. I don't yeah. think so. Oh, okay. But maybe, maybe sometime. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know Chris's. Yeah. 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 Lots of lots of creative people come out of there. <laughs> Come out of there! Don't stay there. Well, yeah. Apart from, <laughs> oh, well, this this schlep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, do you want to plug anything you've got going on? Uh, I mean, that's not what this is about. But is no, there anything I, you um, particularly want to kind of put across that you? I'm, I'm sort of conscious of our time that we oh, should right. wrap up. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think just honestly, it's still the same every Monday, man. I'm still mm. here after 500 Mondays. Mm. So we're going going on tonight. Um, uh, uh, after this, we're gonna have a shower, pick up Benjamin, and um, and, and head, head off again. Uh, I still love doing it every Monday, just turning up and meeting people, doing it for the first time. Yeah. And I still get emails every week from people who want to give it a go for the first time. And as long as that first time goes well, then um, I must come down to for stick a around. Watch, actually, I haven't yeah. ever been. It is, it is, as yeah. I say, it's up and down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be. Well, funny I kind of like that. <laughs> I'm, you know, I do. I've come to you know really appreciate that. I actually. Not in a, well, maybe it's a slightly sadistic way, but I, I totally love watching a person bomb on stage. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do. And, I, and I, I'm actually, and I'm open to it myself, you know. And listen to your conversation with Hadessa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. So, yeah, I was going to say, we talked. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I, I've, I've actually really embraced that with going up, um, doing poetry again myself. Like, I've been, I've been I, to failure, yeah. I have read some stuff and people just look at me like... I, you know, I wrote this one about my cat dying in the yeah. street, and then I basically the last line is like I always hated that fucking cat, or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how it gets to that, but it gets to that. And then I had quite a few people afterwards tell me off. You know, like I, I could, I felt the moment where it bombed, and I, I don't, I wouldn't say I was hoping for that, but I kind of guessed that might happen. But yeah, I had people really angry afterwards saying. You know that story was beautiful, and I loved it. I love cats, and you just fucking you just reveled in saying. And I was like, well, the cat was a cunt. It was fucking horrible, and you know, I don't know if I'm glad it's dead or not, but yeah, it's yeah. dead, and that, I'm glad that it's not around. You know, it yeah. didn't need to get run over in the street, but that's what happened. Oh god! And they were like furious. <laughs> so I do know a little bit what it's the like. Experience. To... Hey, like, I feel like I ruined Harry McCleary for some people. Hey, eh? like, oh, I think you need to yeah. publish that. I think you need to look at. I don't even know yeah. if I've written it down, man. Yeah. Well, might, you need to recall it. Re- you need to, to try to recall it. Yeah. 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 I wish I wish I'd recorded. Yeah. I t- I this there idea. might be a recording of that event. Oh, maybe. Way. I'll ask Chris about it. Eh? Yeah. But I sometimes I have in my mind this idea that stuff just has to be ephemeral. Like the memory no, of the I agree event with just that. exists out there and then that's it. Um, and then, like, you know, the recalling of it might be better than the actual thing. No, I, I agree. Know. I agree with that. And, you know, it's been interesting doing these podcasts is that. Sometimes I'll go back and edit this straight away afterwards and put it up a couple of days later. And sometimes I'll leave them for ages. Mm. Just It's just random, like I'm just yeah. looking for a different mix of people and stuff, whatever. Mm. And sometimes I have a memory of them. They've all gone pretty well, I think. But sometimes I go, oh, maybe that wasn't so great. Yeah. And then you listen back to it and go, oh, fuck, that was so cool. And like, mm. I'm in it. I'm in it in, the, in mm. the moment and I'm enjoying it. But getting to hear it again is kind of quite cool. Because right. it presents yeah. as, but yeah. then I agree with you. Sometimes some things are just best left. They, they happen once. It, they happen once, and they they go. And people yeah. either talk about them or they don't. And if I they actually, do, that's good. <laughs> I actually struggle listening to recordings of my own voice. Like I just yeah, ugh, like the two clips. Like 
I just can't watch. Like my son likes watching them. Mm-hmm. I have to leave the room. I just, mm. uh, I just don't like it. I don't know. I Funny kids, eh? My my son started asking me, "Are you famous?" No, no, I'm not. But is there like, you're on the radio sometimes? Is there like footage of you? Yeah, there's probably some YouTube clips. Have you been in a movie? No, no, I don't think so. I I've I've been interviewed for a documentary, but it hasn't been made yet, and I probably won't make the cut. When will that come out? And I'm like, I'm trying to actually steer him away from it. But I realise I've just like dangled some, dangled, <laughs> sort of yeah, put yeah. some breadcrumbs in front of him. And he's like looking on YouTube searching. And I'm like, God, you live with me. Like, yeah. just isn't that fucking I'm enough? right here. You don't need yeah, to yeah, look yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. They're just trying to, un- you know, they're just trying to understand it. They're just, oh, right. it, I yeah, think, yeah. you know, kids, it's, it's interesting yeah, yeah. to them to, you can be in, you know, two places at once. They can watch you on the screen and yeah. you're there. That's fascinating to them. He always, yeah, he always goes like, oh, you know, you're going out to make people, help make people laugh. That's, that's how we used to understand it, that daddy's going out to help make people laugh. Because I, like, I, I leave it like... I'm time. basically a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curing people. <laughs> we've even got the, because um, the trust we've got, like, oh, it's yeah. time, eh? We've got, like, a portable stage and, and like, speakers that we hire out. Mm. But when they're not hired out, we just, I've got it set up in his room. And so he's got, like, a $2,000, 600 watt speakers, and he goes and tells his stories. <laughs> it's quite funny. Expensive stage. The stage costs us like five. We got a grant yeah. for it. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, I'll speak, briefly speak about fame. Like the one time I, I was on TV regularly was yeah. on the, um, the Fatso ads. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't even chasing. Any, um, like someone rang me up out of the blue and said, "Have you got an agent?" And I said, "No." Yeah. Can I be your agent? I said, "Okay." I still never met them um, yeah. in person, and uh, I got my first. I went for one audition and I got it. And it was like yeah. this ten thousand dollar ad. But um, I remember walking down Cuba Street. And uh, later, oh, like 10 o'clock, some guys saw me, hey, that's the fatso guy. I'm like, oh, okay. I, get, I get that too. Oh, really? Unfortunately, <laughs> I was never on the ads. So yeah. <laughs> that's the fatso guy. I was like, oh, hey. Then they went, let's fuck him up. I was like, hey, <laughs> it's fucking weird though. Like, uh, I, I reckon a month ago, maybe less, some dude came up to me in the street and goes, hey, you used to be on TV doing music reviews, eh? And that was like in 2006. Yeah. I was just like, what the, f- who the <laughs> fuck are you? Like, you know, that show was cancelled several years ago. It was amazing. But it just sticks around. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he was like, no, I was really, enjoy-. you know, obviously I was, you know, polite yeah, to yeah. him. But it was like afterwards, I was like, who the fuck remembers stuff like that? Like. I had someone quote a gig that they saw me do at like a bikini orientation gig from. Mm. 2005 mm. and they quoted it word for word wow it's like wow this is the great mind this like, is the amazing thing you never know what you when you do stuff mm. you never know what's going to actually resonate with you know yeah. what's the one thing that's gonna i i've had a few emails from people that have over the years that have said you know i read this thing you did and i loved it and i look and i look at it or or thank you for writing about this person you know maybe it's a eulogy because someone died yeah yeah and i'm just thinking like fuck like of all the things i've written how was that the thing that stuck with you yeah. but it's you know it'll be someone in america or sweden or yeah. whatever and they'll be like thank you for writing about the you know the third guitarist from fleetwood mac that died <laughs> the one that no one remembers because it, it's yeah. cool that the internet yeah. brings that out for us yeah and and just communities in general social media and stuff mm. that yeah, the one thing that you did ages ago that you haven't thought about is meant a whole lot of shit to someone. Connects. To yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, I've really enjoyed yeah, um, having cool. a chat with you. <laughs> no, is there, no, no. Is there anything you want to say before we finish? Oh no, I think I think we're good. Yeah. yeah. Cool, <laughs> Thanks, man. man. She packed my bags last night. Brief flight. Zero hour. 
9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a time Less flight 